0: It's an interesting study when you study Abraham. The events of his life, the travels of his life, the uh, circumstances that he was engaged in and those things that he were involved in, would be involved in, and his life in totality. It was very interesting how that uh, God used him and he yielded himself to God and how that Abraham learned that obedience to God was a necessity If you're going to walk with God, if you're going to be blessed of God, and if you're going to be used of God, then there has to be this matter of obedience. That's true for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. You've got to be obedient to God to enjoy the blessing of God and then to be used of God in a particular way. I am so thankful that God is willing to use you and me. I'm glad that we can be servants of His in an active way. And we should be in light of what God has done for each of us. I think about the fact I've been saved a long, long time. And God has never abandoned me, nor has He forsaken me. And because of that, I should yield my life to Him. Abraham did that. Now, Abraham was not perfect by any means. I'm not perfect. If next to my wife's little in the weather, she's not here tonight. But when we come back, you tell her that I'm almost perfect. <clears throat> What'd you do then? She needs to hear that from somebody besides me. I've been telling her for a long time, 50-some years, and she got to where she don't believe much I say. That may be the reason she didn't come tonight. She's tired of hearing me preach. Vanessa said all I preach on is sin, and she don't want to hear me more. I've noticed that every time I'm here, she's gone. You ever notice that? But Genesis 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him therefore a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. As you would read this passage, you've read it. I'm not going to continue reading it because you're so familiar with it. You know that he was obedient to God. He did that. He took Isaac to that mount, three days' journey. When he got there, he was ready to sacrifice. You say he was not really going to sacrifice him. As far as Abraham was concerned, he had settled it in his mind that he was going to be obedient to God and he'd do exactly what God told him to do. God had a plan. Called in the thicket it was a ram. That ram was a substitute. And he died in his place. Uh, you know, I believe, I believe, and I think oh, everyone in this building believes that the Bible is the Word of God. I don't think there's anyone in, in here at all that would deny the reality of the Scriptures, that it is the inspired, infallible Word of God. The Bible is a testimony to itself. And, and another thing about the Bible, when you're reading the, the Old Testament, and I don't preach on typology much, But there's many types that we find in the Old Testament. They are unfolded in the New Testament, and we see Jesus Christ in that. And these stories, these life events that we find here that are types in the Old Testament could only be presented by God himself. This book could not be a man-given book. When you study it, as the old country boy said, from kiver to kiver, when you study it from cover to cover, you'll find how that God has put this thing together, and there's no denying the reality that this is God's Word. In this passage here, you have some types. There is Abraham, which is a type of God. He is the Father. And he has a son by the name of Isaac. Isaac is a type of Jesus Christ. Isaac was taken by his father to be sacrificed. When they get to the mount where they're going, there is wood for the, for the fire or for the sacrifice. It was placed on the back of Isaac, which is a picture of sin being placed upon our Isaac, Jesus Christ. When Jesus got to Calvary, the Father laid upon him the sins of us all, and he bore every one of our sins. Uh, Abraham, as he took uh, Isaac there, he had he had his possession fire, which is a type of the judgment of God. And the judgment of God was poured out upon his son Jesus Christ upon the cross of Calvary, the judgment that I should have received, the judgment you should have received, but we don't receive that. That judgment is passed because Jesus Christ bore our sins. There are so many types here. But I'm not going to look at that. I'm going to look at the practical aspect of this thing. And I do do a lot of preaching on On practical living because I live in a world that really is that 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 opposes everything that's basically right and everything that's true and I'm gonna be honest with you it's really not all that easy being a Christian now in a sense it is easy I understand but if you do watch right there is so much opposition against right right now you watch the news i watch the news you know what's going on you know the sin that's prevalent today you know all the wickedness that's going on you know what condition that our nation is in it's not an easy thing sometimes to let your light shine because nobody wants to see it they're not interested in it they're not interested in what we believe they're not interested in our god our god whatsoever But I'm interested in God and in this world day by day I want to please Him. And when I read this passage here I see three fundamental things that I want to bring. Practical things in this. He talks about in verse 1 after these things he talks about the things of life. Sometimes when I'm reading scripture I look at words. That word is not a great profound word. Things. Things. Life is filled with things. As I travel on the road of life trying to live for Christ, doing what I feel is right. I encounter things every day of my life. Life is filled with things. And that is true for the life of Abraham. He found out that the journey would not be that easy sometimes because of the things that he encountered. All of us have things. All of us could stand here in this pulpit tonight and we could talk about the things that we have encountered this week or the things in our life, some things that would help us or some things that would hinder us. Some things that would be a blessing or some things that would be a curse. What I'm saying, though, things are a part of life. And it talks about after these things. Abraham had been living his life, and in that life there were things that he encountered day by day. And he said, after these things, things constantly change. I do not like change. Now, I'll be honest with you. I like things to be good and then don't change it. Isn't that right? My wife, bless her heart, I love her. And she's one of the best cooks. Man, she can cook. She does a good job. She just don't do enough of it. (laughs) But she'll get a good, uh, you know, recipe and put something together. And, and, you know, I love it. I like it. Fix it again. But she picks up these recipe books. I mean, she has all kind of recipes. And she says, I'm going to try this well I don't want to try that i like what it is you made last time and then she'll change it and then by the time I get used to it she changes it again huh life is that way things change in life I do not always like change I like church to be like it used to be I like worship to be like it used to be I like singing to be like it used to be I like things not to change, but I have found out that in life that things constantly change just as Abraham found out. Abraham lived in Ur of the Chaldees. Abraham was maybe, in all probability, kind of a wealthy man before he ever left Ur of the Chaldees. He was married, we know that. Probably a settled man, probably a man that was content, would have been just as happy as he could be to have stayed in Ur of the Chaldees for all of his life not only having lived there, but to die there. But change came. God came to Abraham and said, I don't want you to leave out. I want you to go to a place. Now, I believe that Abraham had some knowledge where he was going, but I don't believe he knew the place exactly where he was going. But he sat out on a 1,500-mile trip. And along the way, change came because his father died. It happens. Things change. I was thinking the other day about all of my family that has passed on and there's so many. And soon I'll join that number because things change. And we have to learn sometimes to adapt to change because change is going to come. And I'm not talking about bad change now. I'm just saying that life changes. You just say, well, I don't like any change. Well, some of you gotten older since I seen you last year. No? Huh? It changes. Everything changes. And Abraham, he, he, he came to the place or he went to the place that God wanted him to be. And when he got there, he encountered something, a change that he had never encountered in his life. There was a famine. He had never, far as I know, experienced a want in his life. And when he got to the place that God wanted it to be, there was not what he thought would be there. And there was change that he had to deal with. And he failed. I think he failed in the midst of that change. And he went off down to Egypt where he had no business going. And he had to lie when he got there about his wife, Sarah. Because he said, Pharaoh is going to like you. Evidently, she's a good-looking woman. And uh, he says, You tell him that you're my sister, which that was a half truth. She was his half sister, but she was his wife. But Abraham, to keep himself from harm in the midst of change, sometimes he was not as totally honest as he should be. And of course, he eventually came back to the land, and a lot of things happened. We could talk about Hagar and Ishmael and all of that, and then the coming of Isaac. What I'm saying to you in this life, there's things. You've got to learn to deal with things if you're going to be the Christian you ought to be. But things change, and when things change, sometimes it upsets us. And the best thing we can do is every day of our life in the midst of all these changes is be as close to God as we can be. Be in church three times a week. Be in church worshiping God. Be in church singing. Be in church growing in the Word. It is a necessity in our life, in these changing times that we live in. We need God. And so things change. Sometimes things move from the usual to the unusual. And when you read this, I mean, my goodness, have you ever read this? And just think of it. Abraham's, I mean, he's enjoying the blessing of God. <clears throat> he has a son. This son is, son is a very young man now. And then God comes on the sea. And said what I want you to do now is take that boy and sacrifice him I'd had a real big problem with that now I guarantee you I've got five boys I got five boys and there's been a lot of times I've wanted to kill them (laughs) really I've wanted to kill them but I wasn't I wasn't offering them won't offer them as a sacrifice I was really to sacrifice them but I was angry any of you ever been angry at any of your children why oh, you're a sanctified bunch of people. What the am I doing down here? You need to be up here preaching to me. But change, it comes. change, And sometimes the usual, it, it transforms into the unusual. And when the unusual comes, then we have a real difficult time dealing with it. But no matter what the case may be, always remember this, the God that saved you has given you eternal life. He's placed you in his family. And in his family there is the matter of obedience to him and to his word no matter where it's the usual thing in life or the change to that which is unusual we've got to learn that things they come and things they go but through it all we remain faithful to god now the things of life as they come some things can excite us (laughs) hadn't happened to any of us here tonight though has it but things can excite us it happens and i guess that's a good thing Sometimes things happen that frighten us. And this would be a frightening situation to me, the very thought of doing something like this. But things happen sometimes that frighten us, that takes our breath away. But they're going to come. Sometimes things happen that discourage us. You say, Preacher, you ought never to get discouraged. Yeah, I know it. And I have to repent of that every once in a while because I sin and still get discouraged. Any of you, Anybody here that never gets discouraged? I think some of you probably are tonight. Because there's always, there's always something that's going on in our life that can cause us to be discouraged. What I'm saying, things change constantly. They do not stay the way. It's, it's like a picture that is drawn. Sometimes it doesn't stay the way that we draw it. God, he kind of interjects or injects, interjects himself into the picture and begins to draw himself. And life is like that. Sometimes things can discourage us sometimes things can defeat us I don't want to be a defeated Christian I don't want to be I do not want to be a defeated Christian I do not want to be a defeated preacher I don't want that I don't want to ever go to the pulpit and be defeated neither should you as a child of God want to be defeated but the truth is sometimes we are defeated but through it all and through all these things we have to look at men like Abraham that had the ability to pick himself up and to brush his clothing off and to go on for God and be obedient to God even when he didn't understand all the details of everything. His life was a life that was just given, I think, and yielded in a great way wholly to God himself. So when I read this passage, one of the practical things I see is the things of life. The second thing I is very practical is there's a test of life. It says in verse 1 that God did tempt Abraham, now the temptation here, I don't think I know. I know that God would never tempt a man to sin. God doesn't do that. If God would tempt someone to sin, then he would cease to be God. But God, the, the temptation here is talking about like a test, that God did test Abraham. What I'm simply saying is that life is filled with tests. That's as, just as real as the rising of the sun. If you are a child of God, in the economy of God, walking with God, you are constantly going to face this matter of being tested. Uh, You say, well, preacher, how will he test? This is a test right here. Genesis 22, I'm telling you, this is a biggie. Like Barney told Andy, he said, big! This is big, Andy! Y'all don't watch Andy Griffith? But this was a big test. right? Sometimes the test may seem to be minor, but sometimes we have the most difficult time trying to handle the minor test. This is the major one. If we can't handle the minor ones, we will not handle the major ones. And we really can't handle them to begin with, but God can help us. And he will help us. But God did tempt. God did test Abraham. Now, did God test Abraham so that he would know what it is that Abraham would do? If I understand God and I understand the Scriptures, He doesn't test us so that He will know then what we're going to do. He knows it before we ever test Him. Dr. Seitler used to say, Has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? He knows everything. He knows. When He places before you a test, He knows exactly what your reaction is going to be to that test. So the test then is not so much to benefit him as it is to benefit you and me. So when we are testing, we think, well, God, you're not fair. Boy, this is not good. I don't like it. But well, what he's doing, he's working in your life. He is testing you. He is proving you so that you will know yourself. See, I, sometimes I don't know my, my, my level of faith. Sometimes I think more highly of myself than I should be thinking have you ever seen this? I'll tell you one thing right now. I'll tell you what. I don't care what comes or goes. I'm going to stand for God. You ever say that? I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you right now. I am a child of God, and I'll be standing when everyone else sits down. We're scared to death now. huh? Churches all over the country are closing their doors. Maybe rightfully so. I don't know it don't take a whole lot to scare us though does it sometimes we can brag about how bold and how great and how close we are to God and how spiritual we are and all the time we're alive so God will put before us or place us in a test so that we will know our condition man sometimes in the test can I be honest with you if I was getting a grade I'd get an F. anybody in here besides me two honest people the rest of you are a bunch of liars Sometimes we fail. I mean, sometimes I surprise myself. You ever do that? Man, I thought I was doing better than that. I mean, you, you have a test, and, and when you come to yourself, you're whining and you're moaning and you're critical. Is that not right? You're blaming everyone for your problems? <laughs> I learned a long time ago don't take blame for anything if you can blame somebody else. Isn't that the way we think sometimes? And so when a test comes and we fail, we want to blame the preacher. Brother Matthew, you know it's got to be Brother Matthew's fault. Instead of blaming Matthew, blame Vanessa. Uh, But what it is we will fail, and what we're set out to do is to blame someone, uh, to blame the preacher, or to blame a deacon, or to blame one of the church members. Let me assure you, these church members are not your fault. They're not the problem you're having. It's not caused by them. You say they're wreaking havoc in my life. It's not. The, listen, it's your. You. It's the way you respond to them. So sometimes when a test comes, we respond to the test in a very negative way, and we give ourselves in a negative way, and we, it reveals to us the weakness in our life. And that's the reason why the discipleship program is so good and so great. It helps us to know where we're at, and we grow in grace and knowledge. So God, he always knows that outcome of a test but we need to know how we are progressing now I've been saved a long time 62 years I, the reason I had a little hesitation there I had to count had a cypher you know like yeah 62 years now you would think in 62 years you should have come a, come a long ways in this thing of faith I have had a few tests along the way and I do feel that I have progressed but can I be honest with you tonight I don't know that I have progressed as far as God would have taken me or would desire to have taken me. I may have failed in that 62 years. We ought to be a giant in the faith. We ought to have walked with God, know God enough in a great enough way that we can live for Him and rise above the circumstances and give ourselves in obedience to God no matter what may be going on. So, what we see here, there is the test. There's things it's going to happen. If you're a Christian, you're going to have to learn. If you're a believer, you've got to, to learn to deal with things. They're going to come and things are going to change. And you're going to have to learn to deal with the test of life because they're going to happen. I like to ride on smooth roads. Don't you? I like to ride on smooth roads. I like to ride in a car with good suspension. Don't you? I had. Driven a Grand Marquee for 22 years. Not the same one. I'd had about a dozen of them, and I liked them. Might be a poor man's Cadillac. I don't know, but I liked a Marquee. And there, you know, young saying, say, hey, that's an old man's car. Well, what am I? <laughs> and I liked that thing. Boy, I'm telling you, just float down the road. And, uh, and then they quit making them. And I'm not I'm trying to be thankful now. I'm thankful for what I got you see what I drive out there and I've got another one. I've got two Nissans. It takes two to keep one on the road. <laughs> but I bought me a new Altima. I got when I bought that thing, I said, I want that sports package. I want the 18 wheels on it. Forever forever went and picked it up, said take it and put leather in it. I want leather in it. I'm going to buy this thing. I'm going to leather all the way around. I won't leather. They did it in about 24 hours. They had the thing. They had it all leathered up. And that thing, it's a looker. I didn't drive it, but it's, it's out there, a little thing. I, I bought it and put about close to 80,000 miles on it. But can I tell you something? That thing's like riding in a glorified go kart. You road like it. I'm used to this floating. Now, the mercury I had, I let my son-in-law have it. I didn't let him. I sold it to him. And then he sold it to my other son. And I seen my other son, yes, he's still driving it. And I was envious. But I like a road. I like. I don't like bumps in the road. I like smooth sailing. And that's what we like in our Christian experience. But can I ask you something? Did Abraham have that kind of life, even though he was used by God, even when he was in the divine will of God, he found the road to be rough and things were constantly changing and over and over his life was challenged by a test and Abraham was proven time and time again so he could see his standing or where he was at at any given point in his life. Then there's a third thing. This is verse 2. There's trials of faith and there's something unique here. When God tries us, I feel like that He tries us in the area of love. And what He said in that verse: is, "Take thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest." When a trial of faith comes, sometimes I think what it does, we are tried in the area of our love. I believe that Abraham loved. Isaac with all his heart this was a promised son and God had promised that through Isaac he would do so much and there would be a great nation that would come from this and I believe there was something that was knit in the heart of Abraham that was knit to his son Isaac there was a unique a unique relationship and a unique fellowship that existed and I believe that Abraham loved him with I don't want to call it unusual love, but it was probably a spectacular love. But when the trial of faith came, God tried Abraham in the area of that which he loved the most in this life. Now you think about that just a minute. Our love will be tried time and time again. And so what it is that God was putting Abraham in a position In the form of a trial, and I think so that Abraham could see how he'd respond in the area of things that he loved. See, the bottom line is that you need to love God more than the thing that you love the most in this life. Now you think about that just a minute. And that is an area that we have failed in in so many. You say, I love my job, but you're not to love it as much as you love God. Say, I love my wife. You better hope you do. But you're not to love her as much as you love God. See, we don't know how to love the things that we ought to love in this life as we should until we learn to love God as we should love Him. And if we love God as we should love Him, then we'll love the other things and they'll find their place where they should be in our life. And so the trial of faith, it comes. It's important to me that I know whether or not I love God as much as I love the other things in my life. And I'll tell you, this, this would be like a good series for revival meeting because there's so many things that come between our heart and the heart of God. It doesn't take much, folks. And I don't want to be mean. This is Wednesday night, and I want you folks to like me. There's so few left that like me. I don't want to lose you folks. But I believe the church was established by God. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. It don't take much to keep us out, though, does it? Say, preacher, you're not saved by going to church. Well, you're right, but if you're saved, you ought to go. You say, well, what about those that's not here? Well, I can't preach to them. They're not here. I've got to preach to you. You go tell them what it says. Huh? See, so the thing of it is in the life, there's going to be trials of faith whether our love will be tried, whether it will be a proven thing in our own life, whether or not we love God more than anything <laughs> else. Now, did that mean that Abraham quit loving Isaac? No. He still loved. But he needed to love God more. And he proved himself that that was true. He didn't fail in that test because he was willing to take Isaac and to sacrifice him. You say, well, you know, and I know and I preach all this stuff, well, uh, Abraham, he knew that God would raise him up. He didn't know that. He would think that maybe. He didn't know that. He didn't know that. He didn't know exactly what would be the outcome. Now, he knew what God had said and if he had the right kind of faith, maybe he could believe based upon that that Isaac could be raised. But we know what God says, but sometimes we have a trouble even accepting what he says, and we know what the Bible teaches. But his love was tested. See, everything, and I'm going to close, everything we love must pale in our love for God. You remember... Jesus talking about discipleship. Unless you hate your father and mother. it goes on the list of people there. Unless you hate them, you're not worthy to be my disciple. You say, well, my goodness, we ought not to hate anybody. If I understand that correctly, what he's talking about, that we ought to love God so much that our love for others would pale. That would be so distinctly different from that love. We should be overcome with love, overwhelmed with love for God. And it should be noted in a way that others could see it. See, in this life, we're on a journey. I preach Sunday from sunrise to sunset. And I've got to learn as a child of God, as a preacher, that in this life, I've got to learn as a father, and as a husband, that things are going to constantly change. And they have changed. And things one of these days are going to change in a real good way because I'm going to see my Savior. <laughs> but in the life, things have changed. I, I could not have dreamed that 50 some years ago when I married Brenda Sue, my wife, I didn't, you know, I, I met her in high school, I thought I was Don Juan. You know, I still remember it. It been a long time ago. We was walk, I was walking down the hallway, and I seen her coming. I did. I can still remember it. I don't remember many things, but I remember that. And I seen her coming. And I was thinking, i got to say something to that girl there. You know, hey, you get caught in a minute, you don't know exactly what it was. And I walked by her and I said, well, hello there. <laughs> you say, it wasn't much. It worked. I thought I was reeling her in, but the truth is all the time she was reeling me in. <laughs> but I could have never dreamed all that would happen in life. I would have never dreamed to have the family I have. Never would have dreamed I'd had Vanessa. Of course, if I had, that been a nightmare. <laughs> but I never would have dreamed then the four kids they've got think about that they're such a blessing and those those kids are a blessing to hear you here too as well but I think about all the things and all the things that's changed God called me to preach and then I've been able to travel and and meet people like meeting you good people here but I found that in life there's some things that change sometimes that are very difficult and hard some things that brings tears some things that puts us down We've got to learn, though, that through these tests, we must not fail. Through these tests, we'll learn. And when the trials come, we've got to make sure that we love God more than we love anything else. Amen. Amen. Father, I pray you'll help us to take these words and this simple thought, these simple thoughts from this precious chapter, and be able to make application to our life. Bless these, thy children that are here tonight. Lord, we're here gathered as just sinners saved by grace. And we thank you for that grace and salvation. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Pastor Matthew Tilly, and I'm so glad you joined us here, but if you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org.